0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Went smoking's Meadow, the podcast that follows the fantastic chelsea fc women's team i'm your host tonight and hopefully this week it will go a bit better than the last time i tried to host the podcast so joining me this week i've got dane dane welcome back
1: thank you how are you
0: i'm good thank you and we've got matt ball from worldwide chelsea joining us as well today matt do you want to tell us a bit about yourself
2: yeah um thank you first of all thank you for letting me come on for the first time i've been following this pod for a long time it's Nice to have a, a pod about women's football, there's not many about, so it's nice to come on and talk. Um, yeah, so about myself, my name's Matt, I'm 23. I've been supporting Chelsea since 2005. Um, generally, I've been supporting the women's game for about the last two three years, but now I'm outside at a uni, I can properly concentrate on it now and watch all the games. Um, yeah, I'm part of the worldwide Chelsea channel. Um, so we have a YouTube channel, we have a podcast which we try and speak about both men's and women's, which we've got a women's show coming up um and yeah i love football love chelsea so i love talking about it
0: brilliant we love people that love chelsea both men and women's team and it's nice to talk to someone different as well that we've not really heard from before so tonight we're here to discuss chelsea's champions league group game against juventus which took place yesterday on the 13th of october at the alias stadium Uh, in turin i think yeah pronunciation was right for that one (laughs) So, Chelsea started this one with a 3 4 3 formation with Berger in goal, Bright, Carter, and Ericsson as a back three, Cuthbert, G, Leopold and Wrighton as a midfield four, and the famous P. Kirby in attack. Emma Hayes made three substitutions, bringing on Jesse Fleming, Sophie Ingle, and Jona Anderson for Cuthbert, G, and Kirby. That left Musevic, Telford, Noen, Charles, Nielder, Spence, Fox, and England as the unused subs. Stats wise, Chelsea had 62% possession, 12 shots. Three on target, five corners and 10 fouls to Juventus 38% possession, eight shots, two on the target and one foul. So a lot of people were questioning Jessica Carter's role in the team and pushing Anique knowing to start. Dane do you think this was fair on Jess or after that game versus Leicester Anique deserves to start?
1: Uh, yeah I thought it was a little bit unfair. Uh, if we go back to the beginning of the season when when, when we were struggling a bit in defence and uh, Jessica Carter was on the right side of that three you could see there was struggles. You see there was lots of gaps and uh, you know lots of space. And and she, uh, Emma tweaked it for the next game and put Jessica in the middle of the free. And I thought she's she's been really good, really comfortable. Her her, her passing's been good, strong in the tackle. It was only some doubts were raised after the Wolfsburg game due to some some uh, mistakes. But do you deserve to be dropped just on one game? Even though Nguyen played really well in the last game, it, it would have been tough on on Jessica. And I thought she should still be given another chance. It's still her her position to give up, uh, but I could see why people was pushing for Nguyen to start because she, she was very comfortable there. Uh, it was a hard one. That's what happens a lot when you when you rest players and, and when a player comes in and does so well, you're left with a dilemma. You know, we see it a lot in the men's game, always go back to last year when Pulisic was on fire and they rested him for Fulham. Havertz come in and scored two goals and we didn't see that same Pulisic again. It is hard. It's, it's a balance that Emma is so good at when resting players, but it left her with a decision to make before yesterday's game.
0: Yeah, it's tough because obviously Jess has played some brilliant games in that back three, but then Anit's also played, she played brilliantly against Leicester. So it is tough. Who do you pick and who do you like not pick? And then the same sort of thing with Jessie. Was she unlucky not to make the start in 11 on such a, but after such a brilliant game Sunday?
1: I think she was. I'll let Matt answer this one, but I think she, it is hard again because I, I thought, we had some good players on on Sunday, but I thought she was outstanding. She's been patient. She, she she waited for her time, but we all know she had hardly any pre-season. She had an amazing summer, one of the best players in the Olympics. And we we've all wanted her to get more of a chance this season. You know, I didn't mind that she was being bedded in. I didn't want it to be rushed, but she got a chance on Sunday. And I thought she, she really took it. And I was hoping she would start again. I didn't know how they would work it, but uh it'd be interesting to see what Matt thought. But I thought she was unlucky uh, not to start yesterday
2: yeah i mean I, I i'm kind of agreed i'm on saying that wavelength i mean she did play really well at the weekend but i mean when with this with the formation with the back three um and with the forward line it's kind of it's difficult to i didn't know, really know where to put her in and how emma would fill it in um i do think it's 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 nice for her to come on uh come in these rotation games coming off the bench and just try and prove herself without being too much in the spotlight and i think that might just help and that may help with new as well coming in, in these games and just pushing in the games that maybe there's not so much expectation in them because obviously Newen's trying to get into embedded into a new league. So with Jess Carter, I think for me it's I've never really been the biggest fan. Um, and I did kind of look at last night's game and think it's last chance saloon. I don't think she played as bad as what people some people said, but I think she she is looking on the back of her shoulder at the moment with Newem if
1: she continues her performances. Don't you think also though it's hard for Jess because she's learning a new role in one of the biggest teams and best teams in women's football and the pressure's on. If you don't do the role, you know, you will, if you don't play well enough, you know, you, you will, you will be out of that team. You'll be on the bench. And we will know her as a midfielder. She got in last year due to Marin Melder's injury and did a good solid job at right back. And now she's been thrust into the back three because we couldn't buy a, a wing back in the summer. Apparently we was trying, I don't know who, who, who we was close to getting, uh, she wants, Emma wants to go for free and, and it's a new role for Jess. So it must be quite hard for her and harsh on her as well. If, well, you're not doing what we expected. Well, how long have I known a role? Or do you look at it like, well, you're a professional footballer, you know, you need to adapt.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's quite a lot of with the all the three centre backs, Bright, Ericsson and Carter. I think there is that adaptation of getting used to not just, just this new formation the fact that there is free people and communication is key. And I think that's something we've really lacked, especially with the wing backs as well. Um, so I think it's not just Carter. It's, it's not like it's just Carter making all the mistakes. There's been arguably mistakes from all of the back five. Um, and it's a lot of the goals are more team goals, whereas multiple people making mistakes. So it is a little bit harsh. I mean, Carter's always going to be the one that's um, singled out because she was the, the person that's been coming last. So it's normally when last one in, first one out sometimes. Um, Bright and Ericsson have got that pedigree of they've done multiple years and the squad played really well. So people will give them a bit more time. But I think maybe with Carter, because she's come in, she came in at the end of last season, did really well right back, And then obviously it is a new position. So we've got to give her time. It depends on what Emma wants to do. If Emma wants to continue with this 3-4-3, then I'd say give her a chance and just give Nguyen some of the smaller games. And then, in a couple of weeks, maybe a month's time, if if the situation is still the same, then you maybe think about changing it.
0: It will be interesting to see. Obviously, Emma Hay said after the international break she's hoping for Marin to come back, I think maybe start a few games or even get minutes. But it will be interesting to see what sort of formation she plays when she's got Marin back in the squad. Because when Marin played, we would play a four at the back with Marin and Jona and then Millie and Magda. As the back four. So I am looking forward to seeing how Emma sort of fits her back into the team. And then what happens with the likes of Jess? It will be interesting.
1: Mm, I always liked Marin as a centre midfielder personally. She was always my favourite player in the women's team. She's just a complete team player. I know, but whenever, so I don't know, I can be corrected by by other people, but every time I saw her from Norway, she was a centre back. Uh, uh, I did three or four times, but I do. I did like Mariners as a centre midfielder, but that's another argument because we've got, we're obviously quite stacked there as well.
2: Yeah, I mean this this team is so stacked in many positions. I think it's, when when everyone gets back into full fitness, I think it, there's there's going to be some players that are left unhappy. Uh, so this to be like the unfortunate thing that Emma's going to have to juggle.
0: So in the first half, there were situations similar to the first WSL of the se- of the season away to Arsenal. Too much space to p- behind our defence what do you think was that ever a concern for you dane
1: yes a little bit uh again obviously mentioning giving carter carter a chance but the, you know the space was essentially the, the juventus strike was smartly just 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 tagging off the back of her and she recovered a few times uh just but it was it it, it was a concern uh, cuz i thought we'd 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 stepped back a, a good 10, 15 yards, yards after that Arsenal game and we was more in control. Uh, so I didn't like that. I, I just wanted us to drop a little bit. But uh, yeah, it was a little bit of a worry.
0: Yeah, so Erin, not long, Well, I think it was about 30 minutes into the game or was it a bit more when Erin scored?
1: Was it 37 or was that, were they 37? No, I think they were 37. I think
2: we was like 31 or 30.
0: Yeah, it was around around the 30 mark. So, Erin scored what looked like a wonderful goal. Was this the case or was it bad Juventus positioning and overall defending, Matt?
2: Um, I think it was a very good team goal um, in terms of the fact everyone on the ball and off the ball. I mean, tough, but her run was fantastic going into the box, but she wouldn't have been able to do that if Kirby didn't drag the defender away, making that off the ball run. And I think sometimes we've seen it with Harder particularly as well. Sometimes you've got to look at this off the ball, off the ball work, and that's some of the things you've got to praise a lot as well because that's a lot of the things that people miss. I mean, everyone's talking about Cuthbert's goal, and it was fantastic. I, I love her and Cuthbert. I think she's one of my favourite players in the squad. But the way Kirby just dragged the, the Juventus defender away, it just allows her the space to go in and do her stuff. So I think credit not just to Cuthbert, but to Kirby as well.
0: Yeah, it was definitely like thanks to Kirby as well like I think with goals sometimes they are mainly a team it it's not like bad defending but then it's also like a team goal as well so it's never really that's what I think with it was more of a team goal than just a brilliant goal um you've been equalized in the 37th minute Dane do you think it was de- deserved or was it bad defending from us
1: I thought, I thought Juventus was, you know, was, was sticking in the game, the typical Italian side, you know, very dogged, very good defending, you sort of like they wait to see what, what you've got to do and then try and hit you on a counter attack. And they were looking fairly dangerous, but, you know, as I said, with some risks, a little bit of uh, a little bit too much space behind the, the, back, the back three for my liking, but we were still fairly dealing with it. But yeah, when, again, it's, you know, bad defending, it's hard, you know, we could all watch it, all three of us, and we've all got three different views. And I will never say that you're wrong because you know what what your mind told you at that time. Again, I feel sorry for and she's a very attacking winger asking to be played a wing back. At another one trying to learn a new role later on in the game. She she was left back briefly. It's. Uh, as you say, when you've got Jesse out of that back five, you've got the wing-backs who, who are learning how to play wing-backs and one of the defenders learning how to play a centre-back. There's going to be mistakes. There's going to be out-of-position play and it's just something that you hope that we overcome because we're so good in other positions. And, and and so far this season, apart from the Arsenal game, we have got away with a little bit. How long do we, we expect them to take to learn positions? Well, top league football, they need to all learn quickly. Otherwise, we'll be looking when 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 the time comes to to bring players in or or try another players there.
0: So in the forty fourth minute, kernelly scored after a clearance from the Juventus keeper. Rotos R- Rico, ricochet.
1: Yeah. Ricochet, yeah. yeah.
0: Off Kerr and into the empty net. Did this prove we need to press and close the home team down more, Matt?
1: Um,
2: yeah, I mean, it's always nice to have people pressing about. Um, but I, th- I think the thing is, it needs to be a team effort when it's no point one person like curb pressing and then it just not working because teams can get out of the press quite easily. But I think when in terms of a pressing game, I think it needs to be more of a te- it needs to be a team effort. So if the f- I think the front three can do it because they're so intertwined, but they, they do, I think it would be good if they can press together, um, because that will put more people, uh, teams under pressure particularly uh some of the defenses uh from the lower teams in the league i think they do struggle with uh having the ball at the back um so if you can press them you'll get much more opportunities creating for yourself
0: yeah i agree with you there i think if you were to press you need it as a team effort and not just one player because i feel like when you've got more players pressing forward you're more likely to manage to try and get a goal out of the press
2: Yeah, but at the same time as well, you need to figure out the balance because there's no point doing a lot of pressing and if it's not working and then you're taking a lot out of the gas tank because if you press too much and they do beat the press, then again with the back three, especially with players getting used to certain positions, they're going to get caught out a lot more. So it is a bit of a risky game pressing.
0: Chelsea was sitting deep when Juventus was in position. Were we worried about our game plan at all, Dane?
1: No, not leading up to half time because you know I have so much faith in Emma and she she does change things. Uh, she will, I've contradicted myself on, on the other, going back to the Arsenal game. I think we waited too long to change certain aspects or certain tactics and we stayed with that rigid back three. But I had quite faith in Emma would change it. Uh, you got to remember what, what you want out of an away game, you know, if your game plan is to win. And these these tough away games in in, in these bigger European teams, you know, you've got to stick in there, and it's not so much about how your plan is whether you're still in that game. We were still within the game. We we always know we've got a chance with 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 our our world class front three, and uh, all we had to do was be careful of their counter attack. And I always knew that in the second half, you know, we would. I was hope I was expecting us to make at least two or three chances and to score at least one of them. So no, I wasn't worried. I wasn't worried at all.
0: Matt, would you have made any
2: of any changes at half-time or would you have kept the team as it was? Um, I would have kept it as it is, at least for the first 10, 15 minutes. I think you had... There were uh, many good parts of the team, but there was just parts that were lacking. I think, gee, she wasn't so much in the game and I would like to have seen a bit more creativity to, from her. So I was like, it was kind of like, you've seen some stuff, but you need to... I felt you just give them another 10, 15 minutes to see if they can improve with your instructions. Because sometimes it's... It's better giving players some instructions from the manager and then trying to change on the pitch than just dragging them off at half-time. Sometimes dragging off at half-time is not always the best thing to do. I mean, it wasn't like we were 2 3 nil down. If it's in that situation, then you start having... You, you have to have the conversation of dragging people off. But I think when he's 1-1, you're still in the game. You've still got many positives that Chelsea were showing in that game. Um, I think it, it was right for them just to... Give it 10-15 minutes and then look to change it and it gives you it gives emma a, a bit of more time as well just to look at how the game is changing and how juventus set up in the second half because juventus will also change tactically to try and win the game also
0: yeah i think it is better to sort of hold out for like 10-15 minutes just to see how the other team also comes out after half time obviously we saw jesse fleming come on for Aaron Cuthbert. i don't i think it was about 10-15 minutes into the second half Chelsea went back to a back four and midfield three. Do you think Jesse made an instant impact on with her coming on? Dane.
1: Yeah, I uh, again we're talking about pressing, she presses the the ball well, she you knows she pressures the play, pressures certain areas. Some of the, the passing was was wasn't wasn't on point, but you know you got to imagine what's in the mindset of Jesse coming on. She knows she's coming in off a off a really great game against Leicester. Maybe she's in her head thinking, "Well, I would have had a good chance to start, but I've got to impress again. You've got to be professional. A little bit over but but she's she's such a smart, intelligent player, and I yeah I'm I'm always impressed with her. You know from the days that I first heard about her playing plan in you know an american college uh yeah i it, it, it's going to be tough for her to get in but when she does you know she's she, she's got to stay in there and she can only do that with her performances you know as I alluded to earlier we saw how brilliant she was in the olympics you know she was one of the best players and before the olympics would any of you have uh, even with our chelsea tinted or biased blue gloss on said oh yeah Jesse fleming's going to be one of the one of the major performers in the olympics i doubt we would have done uh but yeah, I, I was pleased when she came on. Up. She was given a lot longer than she was earlier on at the season when she was getting like five, ten minutes just for fitness. And as I say, she presses and pressures so well. And she, she never hides. She's always looking to do something, always looking for the ball. You know, great team player she is.
0: I definitely think with, with Jesse at the Olympics of Canada and how they performed, we actually got to see like the real Jesse. I think if the Olympics hadn't have happened, we wouldn't have actually seen how well... Jessie could have played. I think that's really helped her get in this, like slowly starting to get in game time because Emma's realised she's actually an outstanding player.
1: Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Football F- Fancast yeah oh absolutely sorry i didn't know yeah absolutely i think you know yeah she, she's an outstanding player again you know uh, could, we could be indecisive about where, where her best position is do we adapt to formation would we change you know i know afford to 3-1 was, was quite popular last season. You know, Emma's gone with the more of the 3-4-3 this year. It's hard, yeah, you know, as we talked talking about Maren earlier, you know, where does she come into team? Where, you know, what, what is Jessie's best position? Under what formation? You know, it's uh, something that, that, that Emma has probably thought about, but she could think about that for, for obviously, each player, each player could have a different, obviously a favourite position and a favourite formation. It's uh, Emma's job, which she does clearly, wonderfully, to, to, to adapt them all to, to her formation and her ideas.
0: For the harder goal, I was wondering which of our forwards forwards I would like the chance to fall to, and I hoped it would be harder. Matt, was there any concerns in us creating a good goaling chance, or were you always confident one of them would produce some sort of magic?
2: Yeah, I mean, that front three, we've got such a great chemistry between the three. I mean, I've, I've always, in every game, even in the Arsenal game, I was never at any point not confident that we we would create chances for ourselves. And what I love about the three of them is that they're all so selfless. It's not like you've got one player that just wants the ball all the time, and is constantly shooting. They're always looking for each other. And sometimes that does play to our disadvantage because sometimes they can play it to, to each other too much and sometimes they could go for it. But I think this year we finally started seeing the balance. I think where we always talk about the 3-4-3, three, we're in the defence we seem to be struggling with it but I think it's actually getting the best out of people like vanil Harder it's getting the best out of the attack in general and I think um, once it eventually clicks and we can get this balance working I think we're going to create a lot of chances in this formation
0: Yeah I think once it clicks a bit more I think it, we are going to see a stronger Chelsea slowly we are seeing a stronger Chelsea slowly starting to come out um, and I think it's just going to take time obviously the last three games we've left it very last minute to either get a point or get the winning goal out of it so I think it's just going to take time once the players sort of develop more with each other and we've got more players come back in come back in back into the squad we are going to see a good formation and a good team. Dane I want to talk about AKB time wasting I think I think that's the only goalkeeper I can see that time waste but she does it so well However, I do think she did actually bend her finger back, and she weren't just putting that one on. What do you think about AKB time wasting?
1: Oh yeah, oh, yeah. you know, let's be honest. If it was the other way around and Juventus was winning two one, the whole team would be doing it. I've no doubt about it. As I said, uh, I said earlier, it, you know, Emma's gone into this game to win it. You know, we're one of the best teams in the world, women's football. So we go to, you know, to these stadiums to win it. So. It's not, for me, it's not about the performance. You get in there, get what you want and get out with we, no injuries, no suspensions, you do what you have to do within the law. You know, it was late in the game. I actually thought she dislocated her finger. I was like really looking at the telly, thinking that doesn't look actually a little bit bent. Otherwise she's just very smart and going to uh, adjust her fingers to make it look. But yeah, I have no problems with that because as I said, if it was the vice versa that was Juventus it, we would have been screaming at the telly. Uh, and is doing it, and we, yeah, you know, stay down for longer, laughing, you know, this is what you need to do.
0: Yeah, Matt, were you happy with the with our overall defending, and did you have complete faith we'd managed to hold out and keep it as 2-1? Yeah,
2: I yeah. mean, we always seem to get the job done, no matter what, what comes our way, we always seem to get the job done, whether it's last-ditch tackles, great blocks, or even Berger pulling off great saves, I mean, she put off a good save. The Juventus goalkeeper put off a good save. I mean, a lot of people criticise women's football and says, well, women's football, they're not very good goalkeepers. But I'd, I'd say look, I'd say to anyone that criticises it, look at that match and just show that women's, women's can be very good goalkeepers. So, um, But, yeah, I mean, in the overall defending holding out, I think once we got that lead, I, I, I didn't see us losing it. Um, Juventus did improve, but they, they wasn't getting as many good chances as I thought they would get. I thought they would really come out. Um, but they, they didn't really come out. as they, they kind of hesitated. And that's where I felt that was where the game was going to uh, come our way because they just, they hesitated the first five or 10 minutes. Didn't work. Well, I think they were a bit shocked that the goal, uh, Harder scored the goal. And then it just took, it wasn't enough time for them to get back in the game. Um, but yeah, I'm always confident of Chelsea, hopefully holding it out.
0: Yeah, I think with Harder scoring the um, second goal, I think it did put Wolfsburg in a position to think, not Wolfsburg, sorry, Juventus. It put them in the position, like, they didn't have enough time, like he said, to come back from it. And I think it sort of held the Chelsea team together to think, right, we've got to keep it as this 2-1 now. We can't let them concede again. We've just got to stick it out and get the three points from this game.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean... What well, last-minute goals, I mean, some people complain about them, but for me, it's, it's, it's great because you the other team's not going to get back from it. And we've seen some of the best football teams, the Man United's Fergie team, they do it perfectly, scoring late goals. I mean, it doesn't matter when the goal comes as long as you get the result at the end of the day.
0: So we had some reflections after the game. Dane, do you want to run through them, what we'd sort of come up with?
1: Yeah, we'll start, so then we can give Jane some questions and you can give us some answers so with carter and some of defense making some mistakes and getting caught out do we believe that three at the back will be over and if so what formation would you like us to change to or stick with going forward which is it, it is very intriguing because you know we've all got twitter we all see what what people say and what people want but individually like i said earlier our eyes tell us something different to what matt might think or what you might think jane so it's interesting to think if if, if Emma's going to stick with a free or, or, or if she isn't, then what formation would you like to see?
0: I think a back three for league games. It seems to be working, but it I think it only works with Jess in the middle and sort of that back three. But I think when it comes to Champions League, I do think we need a back four. Obviously, European teams in the Champions League are a lot better than some of the teams in the WSL. So I think we have got a like put our strongest defense out because they are going to be mainly attacking because everyone wants to win the Champions League trophy so I think for Champions League have a back four but with the league I'm happy to stick with a back three
1: what do you think Matt?
2: yeah I think it's it's a tough one I mean I think we've got to work for this back three and I think there are players like Mijel does to come back in um, to try and see if we can improve that I think for now, for me, I kind of agree with Jane. Where against the big teams, maybe we do revert back to the back four, something we know, just so we can try and grind out them results. And then when it comes to the smaller teams, we can play the back three. And I think what I I would say is with the wing backs, I think both our wing backs are a bit too attacking, um, and that's what's causing the problems. Where they're going up too far, and then you leave them the back three a bit exposed. Um, so, it would be nice, obviously, with you, you got you Joanna know, Anderson that could come in and be that more defensive left back. And then you can have Cuthbert on the other side being that more attacking left back. And then you work um, in the game and uh, work your positioning. Because sometimes if one full wing back is going up, then the other left, the other full back can, uh, the wing back can just drop a little bit and form a back forward just to keep that stability. So, I think it's about adapting it in the game. Um, I mean, it, it's a bit of an out, out of their idea, but it would be nice maybe if they just spent and spent a time uh watching the men's team of Tuchel, obviously Tuchel with his defending uh and how he keep, how the defense is so rigid and they don't concede goals, their position, they're always in the right position. So maybe it's just a time of maybe just having a look and see how the men's team do it and then take ideas from that, because they are very similar formations. Obviously Emma and Tuchel do play a bit differently, but it would just be nice. It would be nice to just get that defensive solidity and then, when that starts working out and we start getting the team we want, we can start playing that in the big games a bit more. Um, because my, my only worry about this season is I don't want to throw too many games away, getting used to this back three. And then in terms of the title, obviously Arsenal look fantastic at the moment. If we throw too many games away, then it just might, it might not be, we might not be in it at the end. It might be just too much.
1: Yeah, I completely understand. It is, it is, like you said, Matt, this, this league can be really, Unforgiving uh that first game of the season. It was the first game we lost to Arsenal. We knew we'd get back in it, but you can't lose too many because you're experimenting with formations or people. Emma really needs to. She she clearly, well, in my opinion, she wants to get the best out of out of uh, Kerr uh, Harder and Kirby. You know that could be at the biggest talents in our squad. So by changing formation, if you go to four two three one, you know then, then you have. Kerr up front and then and Harder and Kirby would have to drop deeper, which is which is the next question that we're going to get into, which is from Dean. Dean rightly put he prefers to free in midfield, but then how can you use what he likes to call P Kirby at the same time? Because if you went for a four-three-three three as well, that means it means Harder and Kirby would have to be a lot wider. At the moment, it suits them because they're you know like they're inside forwards at, at the moment, so. How do we get the best out of this team? How do we improve the defence? How do we get free in midfield and at the same time keep the free up, up top, Jane?
0: <laughs> I think it's so tough to sort of pick a team that everybody's happy with. Obviously, like Dean says, he prefers the free in midfield, but then it's how do you uh, play Penilla Kerr and Kirby? And it's just, I think it's tough. I think we're still trying to find our best formation. I think the formation we had yesterday, the 3-4-3, three, It worked, but it would have worked better if that was a league game and not a a Champions League game. So I think it is, I don't know, it's tough who you put, it's like then who do you like not play to have other people, but it's a tough one.
1: Another question reflecting the game is, uh, me personally, I was I was hoping that a ch- if a chance did fall, it would fall to Harder. So I was happy it did and she scored. I think she's been amazing this season. So what do we think of Panella's hardest performance overall and her recent form, Matt?
2: Yeah, I mean, as Jane said, um, I think this formation really gets the best out of Harder and it's shown this season. I think every game, arguably, you could say she's been man in the match. Um, she's been absolutely on fire. Um, and it, it's great because you when when you've got three forwards that all are contributing goals, they're all looking to be on fire, and it's and it's nice that they all work together. Um, obviously, I mean to be honest, even even with Kerr and Ker, any, any one of them three, I wouldn't mind a chance falling to because I know M- Kerr. I mean I know sometimes in the in the first few minutes she sometimes has to take one or two chances to get into the game, but all three of them have all. Got that killer instinct, so it's it's nice to have so many people that you can rely on to score goals. Um, in terms of hardest performance, I hope she can keep up for the rest of the season because I think we're going to need our front three, especially in this time where we're adapting with uh defence. We're going to need this front three to bring some more goals and just get us through
1: results until we can get settled. I think, I think Jane made a, a good point a couple of weeks ago, a couple of shows ago, when she said, The the uh the relationship uh Kerr and Kirby have is really good. And sometimes I think that uh it, like a little bit late to the party. She she she's trying to learn it all quickly, but you know, the relationship they've had had, had for a few seasons now. Uh and and sometimes, you know, she she lets her world class attitude and her play and her skill get her out of positions which other times, even uh, Mia Eriksson, who, who's a regular on our show, always says, you know, she gets herself in some good positions, but she doesn't always receive the ball. Uh, yesterday, I noticed Kerr come deep, uh, a good two or three times, and had to be the one to try and pass the harder. But the past three passes were not good enough. Uh, I prefer, obviously, Kirby on the end and not not trying to provide like you know more Kirby and harder looking for for Kerr. But I do think, you know, I think they still think there's so much more to come from Pernil. As I said, I think she's, she, you know, she's just finding her feet in, in 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 this team. She's adapting really well because she's so professional. But it, it is so hard when, as I said, you've got such a good relationship with with, with Kirby and Kerr because Kirby, you know, nine times out of ten will look for Kerr, uh, and and Harder sort of picks up the scraps. And even that goal at United was so such a world class, you know, run and finish. And we see that a lot from her. So I'm hoping she really somehow fits even more into this team, and I think she will she will get even better. Not that. I'm complaining about her performances. That You know, I, I think she's been amazing all season, but I do think sometimes it's the, uh, the Kerr and Kirby show and it's poor Peniel like holding on to their towers If that makes any sense at all. Uh, I hope I'm coming across what I'm trying to say.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, it probably will take time just for her to get in. I mean, when Kerr and Kirby, they've been so tightly knit for a while. Sometimes it is, it does feel a bit alien for someone else to come in and, suddenly disrupt that a little bit but I think they'll they'll all get they'll all get connected I think I think it'll get towards halfway through the season and I think you'll start really seeing it and that will prove really good for us because I think that's what we need just going forward um obviously harder I think she's you you kind of pointed out a lot of her goals they're not really so much created by either Kerr or Kirby it's more her own world-class um, attitude and performance that are just giving her the goals, these more solo goals. Um, so hopefully we can start. I mean, last night's goal was kind of more of a, like everyone was starting to combine a little bit. So that was nice to see. I just want to see more goals like that, but I'm
1: sure we will. In the I think sometimes she drops deep sometimes uh, out of all the free forwards, she drops the deepest because she wants to be involved in the play. She loves the ball at her feet and sometimes with long balls go over her head and the game to an extent passes her by and she desperately wants to be involved but you know we had a good chat about her and we obviously we all rate her highly you know I love watching her play so Jane the significance of this win you know comparing the level with Wolfsburg who won their game 5-0 I suppose it's pretty obvious but we need to win all our games until we play them again don't we?
0: Yeah I think from like it's obvious we need to win all the games obviously it's a shame we didn't pick up the three points from our game against them but at least we did get that one point out of it um we're level obviously with Wolfsburg in the league now although that because they've got a higher goal difference if it does come down to the goal difference we need to now beat the in the rest of the games we need to win as many goals as we can just so when it comes to that Wolfsburg game we're going to be ready and we will come out fighting and try and get the three points from that game
1: yeah, good points. And this is a question for, for obviously both of you, because like like probably like you two, you know, I watched it. I enjoyed watching it in, in the big, beautiful stadium, you know, the, the proper men's stadium. But so what did you think the impact of the atmosphere was? You know, did the crowd make an impact? How do you think it helped? Or did it hinder our team playing in such a big, glorious professional stadium?
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, it was kind of similar to how with obviously Arsenal at the beginning of the season playing in the Emirates, I think, it's always a bit of a disadvantage to Chelsea for that because they are they did have such a good atmosphere. I mean, it's, I think it was 15,000 people on the stadium. and that's fantastic for a women's game. So it, it does create that kind of hostile atmosphere that maybe at, um, Chelsea are not so much used to. Um, but I think, whereas in the Arsenal game, I think we didn't really shut up the crowd too much. Uh, I think in the Juventus, I think after the first 10-15 minutes, I think we got hold of that and we we kind of quieted that atmosphere a little bit. It was only obviously when Juventus then scored again that the atmosphere got uh, louder and maybe got onto a team a little bit. But I think we coped with it well. I think it's it's nice to have um, but, and it's nice to get used to. But, uh, yeah, we'll just have to get used to it um,
1: going into the future. Do you think that was, wasn't it, didn't they give all their tickets away free? Wasn't it free to get in? I'm sure it was. I wasn't sure. sure.
0: Yeah, they um they made all their tickets free, and with the atmosphere, I think when you see a women's game is going to be played at a men's stadium, the thought I get is, what's the crowd going to be like? Because you can play in big stadiums, but if you can't get the turnout, the atmosphere is rubbish. So I think it did help having free tickets for that game because it encouraged a lot more people to go. And although I don't, I don't know anyone any Chelsea fans that went. I saw a few on Twitter. Um, like Even the Chelsea players, they all thanked the Juventus fans for making it such a brilliant atmosphere because it would have been, the match wouldn't have been the same if there was only like a couple of thousand people there. So because you had over 15,000 people there, it made a massive difference. And it's just the atmosphere and the experience is so much better.
1: So they had to do that then, Jane, didn't they? Because, they, you know, you, you give away the free tickets and you don't know the reaction because they, they might not all be fans of the women's team. So it's so easy to come. You've got a free ticket, sit there and actually then start checking your phone, looking up at the sky, talking and not taking m- much concentration on the game. Uh, but why Juventus um, you think this was still in it? Hopefully they're football fans, so they'll be interested. So that, so that gets me to another point then. So would you like to see... Uh, Chelsea as a football club play all the uh, the women's Champions League games at the men's stadium within reason and giving you know tickets either away free or a, a low cost price to get that ten or fifteen thousand in there.
0: Um, Chelsea fans are probably going to hate me for saying this, but I'll be honest. I love Stamford Bridge, but I don't like watching football at Stamford Bridge. I've only ever been to one game at the bridge, and that was the women's Tottenham game at the beginning of the season, a couple of seasons ago. But just the stadium, it's just my personal, I just don't like how the stadium is. And I wouldn't enjoy a game at Stamford Bridge as much as I'd enjoy it at King's Meadow. So personally, I'd rather than be played at King's Meadow just because I think the atmosphere is better at King's Meadow because we can fill it out.
1: Yeah, I can understand where you're coming from, Jane, because obviously, yeah, you've got no affiliation to the men's team or or to go into Stamford Bridge. So I can actually see, you know, your home and your heart is at Kings Meadow. So why would you change? It'd be like me being a season to gold at the men's and then, you know, saying, well, let's go and watch Chelsea play at Craven Cottage at Fulham down the road. Would you think, Matt, would you think that would be good for the ladies, the women's to play their Champions League games at Stamford Bridge or, or like Jane, it would upset the fans because their home is Kings Meadow, it's not Stamford Bridge?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's one you'd have to balance. I think some certain games, I think it, it you'd understand it a bit more. Some of the bigger games, Juventus, Wolfsburg, say we do end up coming to play Barcelona again, I think that would be cracking to have that in somewhere like Stamford Bridge. I mean, I'll argue with the Stamford Bridge atmosphere. It's hard enough to get a good atmosphere in, there in the men's game, let alone the women's game sometimes. So, um, but I, I, I did remember I was. I can't remember, it was. a couple of years ago, I went to watch the Youth Cup final at Stamford Bridge. Um, and that, even though there wasn't that many fans there, we did. there was actually a quite a good atmosphere than what I thought. So I think it comes to it, it I think it's a it's certain game. Obviously, we're playing Savet next. You wouldn't really want to see Savet at Stamford Bridge because I think even if you give three tickets away, I don't think there's going to be that great an atmosphere. Whereas even if Arsenal come to Stamford Bridge next time, I think if you had Chelsea-Arsenal and you did put it, as free tickets of both teams being from London. I think you could get a really decent atmosphere from that, but it would depend on certain games. And then it would also depend on, again, if the men's team's playing there, then obviously you're not going to be able to play some games. So I think it all depends. I maybe maybe flirt of it a little bit, but Kings Meadow is the home of the women's team. So you've got to keep it that way.
0: So after the game in Emma's interview, she said quite a few quotes that I sort of picked up and I thought we could discuss about. She said about our ability played a key role in this win. Danger, do you agree with her there?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, because as, as we as we spoke, you know, you know, she went in with the 3-4-3. Three, three. Well, you know, we, we could all disagree or agree on the fact if, if Juventus was taking advantage of that. As I said, at 1-1, they were always in the game, trying to look dangerous on the counter-attack. Typical Italian team, suck it up and hit us. But Emma saw something she wasn't happy with. You know, you know she, she adjusted it and the team adapted because we went, you know, we went to default the, the back, and we then went on to win the game. So great management by Emma.
0: Matt. She also said the performance from the team was mixed, but I felt like we were resilient enough. We took our chances when it mattered. We really did see the team not giving up, didn't we?
2: Yeah, I mean, no matter what was happening in the match, we just kept going and going. And I think the team knew themselves that eventually the goal would come. I think they they had the belief in themselves. That no matter what Juventus would do, that they'd eventually get the goal, and I think that is that is the icon of a champions team. And obviously, we we have won the WSL for the last two years. Um, we've got to a Champions League final. We're going to have that mentality, that great mentality in us. And I think that is was kind of the difference between Juventus and Chelsea. Juventus, they obviously they're, they're doing really well in their own league, um, but they they just I don't think they have that. Champions League pedigree at the moment and they have struggled in recent seasons in the Champions League so I think that was kind of the thing that got us over the line and I think that's what again with champions that's what gets them over the line in most games when when the going gets tough you just stay resilient and find a way to push through I think that that for me that's a good sign Um, some people take that as a negative that we're scraping through games but if we can scrape through the games even though we're maybe not at our best I think that that is is uh, a sign that we're always going to be consistent and we're always going to be at the top.
0: Yeah, it's definitely better to scrape for a game than to lose a game. So if we win by only just about, it's, I'm going to prefer that way of the game than losing a game and losing three points or losing a final or stuff like that. Dane Emma also said we're in a strong position with four points, and that's the position we want to be in. Are you happy with? Are you happy that we've got four points, or would you have wanted? the
1: six points? I, I was I was hoping the six points. Uh, I, I always expect, I sort of expected us to beat Wolfsburg uh, in all honesty. I thought it would be a tight game, uh, you know, a 2-1 or, or maybe a 3-2, but I, I was hoping it would win after we drew I was really desperate and hoping we would beat Juventus. So, to get to, to, to go away in Europe and get a win is brilliant. You know, you can't think too much in the past. You've got to look forward. We drew against Wolfsburg. So, the next aim was to beat Juventus away, and we did. I wouldn't say it was a must, but it it's it, so early on because it was only our second game. But, yeah, after drawing with Wolfsburg, it was very close to a must.
0: Yeah, well, everyone's going to be happy with four points instead of no points at all. So... Four points is better than nothing. Uh, player of the match was decided by our friends on Patreon, and that was Penilla Harder. Matt, who was your player of the match?
2: Yeah, I mean, you can't really complain. She scored the winning goal, and she was fantastic all the way through. I mean, a special shout-out to Erin Cuthbert as well. I think when she was on the pitch, she was fantastic for me in that wing-back role. Um, she was okay defensively. I think both wing-backs are struggling with that a little bit, but... I felt just Cuthbert was always in the game, always trying to create chances. And I think it was kind of when she came off, I was kind of a bit disheartened. It was like she's played so well and she's come off. But obviously, I understand that Jessie Fleming's coming on the witch change into a back four. So I understood she had she had to come off. It was the only option Emma had. Um, but yeah, I mean, she was, wasn't on for the full game. That's why I probably would give Harder the man a match over and. But Cuthbert played really well. So I just give that a special
1: shout out. Dang, do you agree with that or did you have someone else as your player of the match? Uh, I agree with that. I'd like to do a few mentions. I thought our captain was was outstanding, uh, agreed with everything Matt said about Erin. You know, again, she, she's learning a position and you've got to have a good engine, good lungs because you are up and down, expected to attack, expected to defend. And she she looked good. You know, I thought she, she was impressive, unlucky to come off. I thought Melanie Lupo's had a good game. Sophie Ingle came on, looked very tidy. But yeah, Pannell to me was the standout player. She showed her European pedigree in this game. You know, never panicked. Always wanted to get on the ball. You know, I like it. She's 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 got a bit of a devil in her as well. You know, always likes to get in the referee's ear. Always like to you know let let the players. You know, the opposition players. You know, know a, a few home truths. So yeah, she she is she is she was she was brilliant today, and I think she, it was deserved.
0: So that just about wraps up this review. I'll run through the table after two group games. So Wolfsburg sits hot on four points. The same as us in second, but they've got a superior goal difference following their 5-0 win yesterday. Um, in third place is Juventus and uh, in fourth place is Savet. So I think our next game, I think it's Savet away is our next Champions League game. So hopefully we'll be able to get the three points out of that one. Sadly, that's all we've got time for this week. Chelsea might be on, a, on an international break, but we'll still be back with more contact, content, so keep your eye out for that. In the meantime, don't forget to check out our Patreon page where you can receive some exclusive content. We've also got our Discord channel, which was buzzing last night, and our free newsletter with all the links in the description below. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at Mokings Meadow, at Jane Chapel at Dean wits nine and we're also on instagram at went to Mo kings meadow matt thank you for joining us where can the where can people find you on social media
2: um yeah so thank you guys for letting me come on it's uh, been a fantastic time um i'd love to come on again if you'd let me um and again for when i get the women's show up and running i'll get you guys on as well uh because we'll we uh i'm kind of the one-man band in terms of the women's football at the moment so happy to get some more people on um but yeah i mean you can find me on my personal twitter at mattjball98 um in terms of some of my other content as well you can find uh, us on twitter and instagram at WWCPodArticles. uh there you'll see the podcast uh which is currently just on the men's game predominantly at the moment but we are trying to get a women's weekly show on there as well and then you've got the articles where again it's both men's, both women's, and some ab- abstract articles as well. So uh, come on, like, retweet, it's, and just support the articles because we're starting to grow and we're starting to get a really good team together. Uh, and then you can also check out the YouTube channel at World Wide Shelf. So We're currently at 22,000 subscribers, trying to boost that up, obviously. Once transfer windows ended, it's always a bit dull, especially in international breaks, but we're pushing through. So if you, could, any, if anyone on, can give us a subscribe and watch the podcast, it'll be fantastic.
0: Yeah, we'll definitely get you back on. Although Dean, Dean invited you, but he never wasn't here. We'll tell him that you did well, so you're allowed back on to join us.
2: Fantastic.
0: <laughs> Dane, thanks for joining us. Hopefully we've got some exciting stuff coming out over the international break if it all goes to plan.
1: Yeah, we've got a, we've got a little couple of something that's coming up and a, a celebration in two ways, which uh if you're an avid listener or just started listening that you might be interested in. But yeah, we've got some exciting things coming up, some good ideas flowing. And yeah, thanks for Matt coming up. It was lovely to, to have him on and 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 share his his experiences and his thoughts and look forward to having him again. And yeah, it was funny, isn't it? Dean invited him on and didn't even turn up for the date, but hopefully me and Jane did did enough with Jane obviously steering our ship tonight. To, uh... and I'm
0: glad. I'm glad this time my podcast worked because I did worry it was going to go all downhill like the last time I tried to host it, but it stuck out on me and I've got through it. So I'm proud of myself.
1: Yeah, no, you've done well, Jane. No. Yeah, you've done well.
0: Thank you. So until next time, Chelsea fans from Kings Meadow to Wembley, keep that blue flag flying high.